Hey, welcome to episode 22 of the Motown Family Sports Rant. Both of our football teams won in pretty dominating fashion this week, so we start out talking about the Lions' victory against the Packers on Thursday, and Michigan had yet another blowout win against Nebraska. Then we discuss about what it means and how they compare to the rest of the teams in their respective leagues. We touch on the Tigers a little bit. The season's over. They hired Jeff Greenberg as general manager. We kind of get our thoughts. We think about that. We talk about which teams we're most optimistic for in the Detroit sports scene next year. And then we finish with uh, Athlete 20 Questions, where Dad actually picks a guessable athlete. We'll be back next week. We're going to the Carolina game, so we'll tell you what we think about that and how it went. And in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter or X at Motown Family SR, and we'll see you all next week. Welcome to the newest episode, the Motown Family Sports Rant. Both our teams won this weekend in pretty dominating fashion, actually. So we'll start off with the Lions. They played on Thursday night and just kind of beat down the Packers. That was nice to see. Uh, why don't you guys give, Dad, you want to go first and give your thoughts on what you saw or uh, thought about the Detroit Lions? Me? Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, so Brett and I talked about it a little bit last night. I think, obviously, we're very excited about what the Lions did. And one of the things we're most excited, at least I'm most excited about, and I think Brett might have agreed, is that there's a lot of players they haven't even tapped yet, and they're still showing incredible potential. Um, I, I, you know, towards there were a couple bad calls at the end of the game. One hurt the Lions. One helped the Lions. Um, the one where they hiked the ball um, after the clock had run out, and then Green Bay threw it, got it downfield, and scored it, wound up scoring a touchdown. I kind of obviously when they did that, we're I'm starting to think a little bit about oh no, here we go, you know, same old Lions. But then there was a call later in the game where um, the Lions kicked the field goal towards the end of the game, and they called a penalty after we came back from the commercial break. They called a penalty on the Green Bay guy because he leapt over the center. Is that what it was, Brett? Yeah, and then so so uh, Campbell took the penalty, took the three points off the board. They proceeded to take the ball into the end zone. It kind of wrapped up the game for them. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of outstanding plays. I mean, the defense, again, looked amazing. Both lines looked amazing. Of course, Montgomery was pounding the ball real well. Um, but, you know, this a lot, a lot of players that really, like I said, they haven't even touched in terms of their potential, like Gibbs. And, of course, Jamo's coming back. We don't know what he can contribute because he's been off for so long. But <clears throat> certainly – he's got the, at least the potential to stretch the field and give them some plays underneath. So, um, yeah, very happy. Brett, what'd you think? Uh, yeah. A lot of what dad said, we, we talked about it last night. I love David Montgomery, man. That's cool. Um, like it's just a thing of beauty watching that dude run. At least it was against the Packers in that game. Um, I mean, I'll take that. I was getting in like debates with people online, like right after the game it was very emotional right after the game. Cause it was awesome. But, just talking about like how he's kind of a perfect fit for that offense. Um, like 3.4 carries pretty, doesn't sound like a whole lot. It's not a, it's not the greatest yards per, per carry, but it's, it's, it's literally, it's, it is that like, it's not like a weird, like number thing. It literally, he's going to get three yards every single time. Plus um, he follows his lanes way better than Swift ever did. It, it feels like even if the lane's not there, even if there's no hole, he's going to push through and still get like three yards. And there's always a hole with the Lions offensive line, seemingly. Um, so big happy there. Um, it was cool to see him after the game. Talking about how he hadn't beaten the Packers once in his career. It's the first time he gets to tell his son that he's beaten the Packers. Um, that's really cool. 
there was just I think in general that was my main thing. There was just a lot of really awesome storylines in this game. Um, from Goff, you know, saying the stuff to Ryan Fitzpatrick afterwards about yeah, I think we lost it there for a second, but he said he was a poor man's Matt Ryan, right? Is that what he said? Yeah, he said he was a poor man's Matt Ryan. I think afterwards, Goff said, "I didn't know I was poor man's anything." <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly. I heard you talking. That's exactly what it was, and he made it like a point, um, like right after to like, like clearly he was waiting to say that to Ryan Fitzpatrick, and clearly used it as some like chip on his shoulder throughout the game. Um, that storyline was awesome. Hutch talking about how, you know, growing up a Lions fan, he's never like the Packers always dominated us. And, um, he almost kind of hinted that now that Rogers is gone, that like, it's going to be a different story. And it seems like that. Um, and then just like the whole, like when, when the Packers came out of the gate with like little Wayne leading the charge kind of like right away, I was like, I, I feel like they're going to win. This seems really hokey. And this is just stupid. Like our story's way cooler and they even had all this like background about all the Packers fans right outside the stadium and like how great it is in Green Bay, blah. I just didn't care because the Lions storyline is way more fun and it's just way more easy to sell um, for like these national these national people on the when they're on these national games. So it's just fun completely. Um, I I have a theory that I'd like to get into a bit about the Lions, but Craig, I'll let you kind of go first. Yeah, actually, to your point about uh, all the Packers fans, did you have you seen the pictures online of how, how many Lions fans are at that game? And apparently, the Packers organization sent out like a message to the season ticket holders, like asking them to show, show up to their games because they were like embarrassed by how many Lions fans were actually at the Packers game. Yeah, I think is awesome. It, the Lions. If it tripled. hadn't been for like the yellow, um, like where the doorways were in the seats, it was like all blue. You would have thought it was a home game. Yeah. Somebody showed a picture. I think it was before the game started, but it was there was more blue in the in the stadium than green and yellow, which was so that's pretty cool. The Lions fans have traveled really well this season. Yeah, I saw a meme real quick. Sorry, it was just really funny. No, go it, ahead. It was, uh, there's about a couple, but there was one that was like, "Why?" Or it referred to Lambeau Field as Ford Field West, and then there's another. <laughs> There's another one with like a, like a screen out of the field and um, like all the Lions fans still in the stands. And it said, why is there a G in the middle of Ford Field? So, yeah, I did see that one because it honestly did look like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think by the one I saw, it said Ford Field North. But it was it was interesting just seeing the, it honestly looked like fucking Ford Field with a G in the middle. Yeah, So that's pretty cool. Um, you said Little Wayne. I didn't see the very beginning of the game. Little Wayne like led the team out of the yeah. Tunnel. Look, he looked like a little kid. He did. Well, he yeah, is a little was... guy. He's little Wayne for a reason, but <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. And you're right. That is so so hokey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really don't have much to complain about the lines. They look pretty pretty beat down fashion. Uh, the offensive line. I think having Decker back was huge, and moving Sewell back to the right side. I think Jonah Jackson. I think the whole line was there except for yeah. maybe. Was Vitae still out? I can't remember, but yeah, uh, yeah Glasgow started. Yeah, I think Glasgow's yeah. just as good. He's yeah. not terrible. Yeah, honestly, yeah. no, yeah, I think that he's just as good. They played great. The defensive line for two straight weeks now. After I like was on them about playing like shit for the first two weeks, they got. I think they had what like six sacks last week, like five at least last a couple days ago. So, yeah, they're really getting pressure. I don't know what happened from the first couple of weeks to the last couple, but it's made a big difference. Uh, the secondary played a lot better. Um. Yeah, I mean, there. I think the only complaint I have is Goff is Goff again. He, he got his shit together, but throwing a pick on the very first drive uh, can really fucking kill your team. I think they, you know, they got together. So credit to them for turning that around and making that a thing. 
But uh, that I feel like sometimes if that had been like Aaron Rodgers in his prime, he really is going to make you pay for that. And they kind of got lucky because Jordan Love sort of played pretty average the first half. He played better in the second half, but that's about it. I mean, otherwise they played really well without J-Mo. I still don't think they're using Gibbs very well, but uh, Montgomery looks great. So I don't really think they needed Gibbs to do much today. And Laporta continued his streak of probably being like the best rookie tight end we've seen in a long time. Yeah, the uh, so, yeah. came out hot and they got a nice throw to him and then they kind of went away from him for a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that, you know, just they have so many more weapons they haven't really even used to their maximum yet. I think the, they've got a ton of potential. Yeah. And in the last couple, I was just saying the last couple of weeks, honestly, they look, they haven't made taken a lot ton of deep shots per se, but like Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond have looked. Of course, St. Brown looked great again. He always looks great, but they have really stepped up and made some big plays. Like Reynolds had a couple of big catches uh, yeah. in that game last week or on Thursday. Yeah. I, he looks so, like a, he looks like legit number two. Honestly, he looks good. It, yeah. Cool. So I think even if they don't get like a ton out of JMO when he comes back, they might not because I feel like he might kind of be like a little rushed back this week. So I don't think he was planning on coming back this early. No one thought he was. It's nice to have him back, but. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes out there and has like one catch again, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it doesn't like light it up. Although by the end of the year, I expect him to be lighting it up. I kind of need to see that from him, but we'll see. That's for later, later discussion. But yeah, great win. I, uh, other than Goff's pick at the beginning of the game, Goff is Goff. Otherwise it was Anzalone. I have been on Anzalone all year. Dude was out there getting fired up and that penalty against him was fucking bullshit, but it was, <laughs> he played yeah. great. Yeah. Wasn't there one on branch too? Yeah, same kind of deal. Yeah, <clears throat> luckily Branch isn't hurt that bad. He did. No, Branch got fined no. for his hit on someone. I can't yeah. remember who, but so did Anzalone too. But yeah, he got yeah the penalty. They said he like led with his helmet. Like he didn't. He did not. No. He hit. He touched he it did with more his of helmet. The shoulder. Yeah, yeah he wasn't trying. To, he clearly wasn't trying to lead with his helmet. Like he might again. Have even on that. Yeah, even the commentators were like, "Yeah, I don't really see that." And that was honestly the only good sustained drives the Packers had when they had those two penalties to give him two first downs after the line stopped him. Otherwise, that would have been another punt situation, and they would have gotten out of that too. So. Yeah, yep. I just all in all that game wasn't even as close as the score indicated, and it was just it was just. You see, um, it's a Green Bay running back who's making predictions about the Thanksgiving Day game, how they're going to come to Ford Field and own the Lions, and you know, a bunch of just bullshit. Okay, and, honestly, I love that. I love hearing that talk. Yeah, I feel like it gives uh, Dan Campbell ammo to yep. fire up his team. So yeah, yep. go ahead and run and, your mouth. And, and when the years. Lions play fired up, they're pretty much unstoppable. So yeah, let him run his mouth. And then one asshole fan who who dumped beer on who was it? On yeah, St. Brown. Brown. Yeah, what a dick move. What a classless piece of shit. Yeah, but you know, it didn't it didn't make any difference. It was just their frustration, I guess. So some of the commentators, like I think the next day when they were talking about the game, they said that Detroit is a team that really knows who it is. Yeah, and, that's um, a good way to put it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was nice. It's got its identity. Yeah, and yeah. so that can I can I get into my next kind of subject? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So that's kind of my thing. I um uh, more of a kind of a question, kind of a theoretical, but like more just thinking. From my perspective, it seems like the Lions, this whole narrative about the Lions taking off now, this time, um, you know, 30 years of dog shit football for sure. Um, but like, 
it almost feels as if had that not happened, had everything with, um, you know, everything with Goff getting released from from the Rams and that that narrative that came with it, um, everything with just like, just the whole, the whole SOL narrative and and what it's been through the years, the, all the incompetency and the fact that like that's still kind of lingering for for some of the national fan base. There's still that a lot of people are jumping on the Lions bandwagon, but there's still people not maybe giving. Goff or some some guy the respect they maybe maybe deserve kind of thing. So my thing with that is is would we be here? Would the Lions be here? Would this momentum be as strong as it is? Had the pass not been as bad as it was? Like did that kind of form it to be here? Because I think it did, and I don't think they I don't think they're able to get this this structure of um, you know being built upon toughness and and just running it down everyone's throat as much if they're not that bad franchise for so many years. Um, if they're not that hardened identity of just being shit on over and over again from for stupid reasons, you know, um, like I, I feel like it all plays into it, and I feel like it 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 now it finally after all that is a big reason why there are so big nowadays. So yeah, I think I that has a lot to do with it. I think you can yeah. still get be like a tough team, like the Patriots were like a tough, pretty physical team for years, even though they had so much success. But yeah, absolutely, I think that gives them a ton of uh, ammo. For, I, I hope that's not all it is, though, because I feel like if they do have a lot of success this year, you can only use that, you know, we're the underdog mentality for so long. Eventually, you got to find something that kind of replace that as your motivation. But, but yeah, I think that makes a big difference. I think it's the whole Detroit persona. Right. That's <clears> what know, I was going to say. An, yeah. yep. Detroit's an industrial city with a lot of people who have to work hard for a living. And the Lions have taken on that mantra for their, for their team. And I, so I, I do, I think their history has spurned, spurred them on here and fired them up. But I think even after that wears off, if they can continue that identity of representing what Detroit is, I think they can continue on. Yeah, that's kind of my thing. I don't even think, so, I mean, they were talking about the radio, like it's kind of how state got good back in the day, the whole chip, we talked about it too. Chip on the shoulder, they wanted to beat Michigan. Um, yeah. That was short-lived, right? Because at some point it does end. I think with the, with the Lions, though, I think there is potential there, though, that it's something that could continue, especially if Goff is continuing to be their quarterback, if they give him an extension. Um, like, I mean, like I was saying, like he clearly put a chip on his shoulder for that game because of comments that were made. Um, so I don't know if he's like – if that's like what he's telling people, that kind of stuff on the sidelines, that whole message of disrespect. But for whatever reason, his presence very much seems to be like tied to that. Um, and I, I just – like I – I feel like it's going to be more long-term successful than, than usually that kind of thing is, you know, the whole Detroit narrative. I mean, even still like people still are still are questioning Detroit and it's just like, they're still like, Oh, they're good, but maybe they're not, they're still not quite as good as Philadelphia and San Francisco. Like they haven't played them yet kind of thing, which I just think is bullshit, but you know, that's always going to be the national narrative, though. The, the big cities and the big markets are always going to get them. It's the same with the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys, you look at their record, are fucking incredibly average. But every year, we talk about the Cowboys all the time, you know, because they're a big team. But I think the, the, I think the uh, tough grittiness is more Dan Campbell than Jared Goff, personally. I think Jared Goff is the perfect quarterback for this team right now. We could talk about him long term, but... Um, but yeah, I think I think and that bodes well. I think for the Lions going forward because you seem teams seem to take on the persona of their head coaches. You know, like Bill Belichick in New England, they're always kind of assholes. Uh, you know, Andy Reid in Kansas City, they're all kind of these goofy, high flying kind of teams. And you know, so I think it's it's a you do kind of take on who your head coach is because they kind of drive the 
the you know the locker room and how it's going to go. So yeah, I think that bodes well for Detroit. So Brett and I talked a little bit about this, and I like the analogy <clears throat> between the Lions and Michigan. I both think they've taken on the persona and attitudes of their coaches. I know I know Har- Harbaugh's a little out there at times, but he he goes after a certain type of player. He goes after a player. He, he he's got the grittiness in the trenches. I mean, the old lines for Michigan and, and their D lines are just dominating, and they're a very physical team. And I think he he plays on some of the same things Campbell does. And I think they both, you know, they don't have a lot of huge egos in either locker room. They talk about the team and the team's goals and taking it one game at a time and moving on to the next game and trying to shirk the responsibility for the fanfare to somebody else. So I, I like I think they're both doing the same thing. And I like where both of them are going. And I think you gotta take your hats off to the coach for instilling that kind of uh that kind of um, whatever camaraderie or whatever yeah. keep them heading in that direction. The coach and, and Holmes too, man. That's the other part. So like, yeah, I don't think golf is necessarily like the best court. I think obviously there's several quarterbacks they could be better with. We've talked about that, but I do think like picking up golf when they did was a very like clutch, very like easy. Like it, it, it just, it maybe we it had a lot of issues with it at first, but it, it kind of turned out to be perfect. Uh, picking up Montgomery like it did, like I like I said, I'm maybe I'm jumping aboard the bundle, but bandwagon a bit too quick. But he looks like the perfect back for this system. I mean, they they wasted like nine minutes on one drive because he just got three and a half yards every carry. Um, I mean, some of the moves like Gibbs and stuff like that don't quite fit into that as much. So that's a bit. But I I think my thing is too the infrastructure of these these pieces that they're building, like they have the perfect team for what they're going for right now, and I only think that's just going to continue as they get more drafts coming in more free agency kind of shit. Yeah. So I agree completely. So you're saying yeah. I think it's a lot of his Brad Holmes and I do, I will say, I think it starts from the owner and I want to give uh yeah. what's her. Yeah. Was it Martha? Forget her name now, but Sheila, yeah. Hamp. Sheila yeah. Hamp Ford. There you go. I think she finally, yeah. one of the fucking Ford family decided that, you know what, let's pay a little bit of attention to the Detroit lions. And I don't think she's yeah. amazing or anything, but she finally started to get the right people. And Brad Holmes, I think was a great hire. I think they got a little bit lucky with the golf thing. I don't think he realized how good golf was, but I think he did see something in golf that he had something left that, uh, cause he came from St. There the Rams. And I think he saw something. He's like, you know, golf can still play and golf ended up being better than he even thought. Yeah. And I think his drafts have been for the most part, pretty damn good. He's made some weird picks and yeah. choices and signs every once in a while, but no, every GM does that. But yeah, I think it's a great fit between him and Brad Holmes. They both have, or uh, Dan Campbell. They both have that mentality of, you know, kind of fuck everybody with his villain sweatshirt and you know yeah yeah he's kind of the good like yeah that kind of evil guy where dan campbell's kind of like the nice yeah we're just gonna go out play our game and be tough and and dan campbell's like we're gonna be villains this year you know (laughs) it's kind of a nice mix i like that uh we could talk about uh like i think eventually maybe a little bit it's only game after four games maybe halfway season point we could talk about like if we should resign golf or not, I'm stuck. A little, yeah. It depends to me. I have some issues with, it depends what they do, but for now, I think golf is go ahead, Deb. Now, how do you think the lines match up with the other premier teams in the NFC? Yeah, I saw good... somewhere. Somebody said that they don't match up. Well, I just watched Philly though, play Washington to an overtime game. I don't know who won. Cause we came to this, but Washington got them to overtime in the last, and it's Washington, the Washington Commanders with Sam Howells, your quarterback, and they took Philly to overtime. 
So I don't know. I think the Lions do match up with some of the best teams in the NFC. What do you guys think? I agree too. And I think I think the whole thing about the Eagles too. Everyone talks about their offensive defensive line. I mean, I th- I think through a couple games, I think the off- the Lions have shown that at least their offensive line is just as good. And their defensive line, whatever it is, I don't know if it's going to continue because I have no idea how it's working so well, but it is. I, so I had this stat I pulled up um, going into this week. So first of all, going this week, the Lions, had because they had the Thursday night game, their stats are higher than everyone else's. But going into this week after their Thursday night game, before these Sunday games, the Lions are leading the league in sacks at 13. Um, after – so Pittsburgh is tied with them, was tied with them. They had like a sack day. So technically Pittsburgh's in the league. The Lions had two games where they only had one sack combined, and they are top two, top three in sacks in the NFL. Like, who the fuck saw that coming? You know? Like, <laughs> well, what happened these last two weeks? You're right. We went from having no pass rush to having like six sacks a game. It's like, sweet. So, is it just the competition, or did we finally start like doing some schemes differently? I'm not entirely sure, but I'll take it, whatever, whatever happened. I- I know they move Hutchinson around, don't they, bro? They move. Yeah, he does that. He did whole, that against like, KC too, though. But yeah, he started doing that thing where he like he'll like jump in and out of certain like like lanes though, but right before the play to kind of fake him out, which is kind of cool. But no, I, I think it's partially the competition. I mean, uh, Ritter and Love, at least right now, aren't as good as you know maybe even Geno Smith was or Mahomes was first week, obviously, but. Um, I also just think they're just playing better. You just watch them. They get off the ball better on both sides of the football. Um, yeah. And, I mean, the whole excuse about, like, like you know, like the, the Packers being down two linemen and all that. Like, you, it's just the Lions are, have as many injuries as anyone else, you know. So, yeah. I think it's here to stay. I think it's uh, – they have waves of people who are all on the same mission. So, yeah. I think they match up, honestly, pretty well with the other teams. I think uh, San Francisco's tough because they they're very physical like the Lions, and they have good offensive and defensive lines. Uh, Philly, I think both teams are still a little bit better than the Lions. I think the Lions are still kind of trying to figure out some of their young guys are up and coming, but I, I honestly don't think it's gonna be would be as big of a. I think it'd be close games with either one of those teams, honestly. Especially Philly. Philly's not quite playing as hot as they did last year. I know they've won all of their games, but I, they're still not. Did they, well, they lost. Fun? They lost most of their secondary too. Like all they have is Slay. Really, like they lost their other two starting corners. Yeah, corners. and uh, like to your point, Brett, they've played or Dad, they've played a lot of the games real close. Like they barely beat the Patriots, who aren't that great on offense. You know, they they move the ball on them, and they they just they went to overtime against the Commanders, who are they're just horrible. <laughs> uh, you know, so I I don't think honestly they're that great. The Cowboys, I think the other tough team, but I, I think Dak's kind of pretty turnover prone. <laughs> I don't think their offense is that great. Their defense looks pretty good, but I, and I just I don't think the Cowboys are built for toughness, man. They never they're are. not. But but you made a good point on San Francisco because they are. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're the team that scares me the most because they yep. play with an edge, just like the Lions do, and they've got talent on top of it. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So I don't think we're quite to the San Francisco level yet. I think we're a lot closer to Philly than people think. The Cowboys, I think the Cowboys have an outstanding defense. Uh, I think the, I think Dak and their offense is pretty suspect, though. I think it's pretty average. They've just, the defense has been so amazing. Those first two weeks when they, like, held everybody to zero points, it was easy for them to just blow them out. But, yeah, otherwise, that's the really only teams in the NFC I've seen that are fairly consistent. Cowboys are overrated every year. Yeah, for sure. But, uh 
Yeah, yeah, they are. It's a real thing. Their fan base is the worst too, so it's nice to see. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, do we want to talk about GMO at all, or do we want to just like? No, we could talk about that. Yeah. So he's coming back next week, I guess. Uh, yeah. Like, how do you feel about that? What kind of impact do you expect him to make on the game? Actually, we're going to the game in Carolina. Just a fun fact: we saw him catch his first game last, his touchdown last year. We might see him catch his first one this year. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yep. The only good luck charm for that man. Maybe the team will celebrate with him this year. <laughs> From all his gambling winnings, he owes us. Give us <laughs> Whether they throw the ball to him or not, I hope they play him. I hope they play him so he takes people to secondary deep and opens up middle for St. Brown and Laporta. I think he's going to open up as like their third or fourth receiver in the depth chart, but I think they're going to at least just show him off a couple plays just yeah. to get that in the background that he's here and he's part of the playbook kind of thing. I mean, you can't coach that speed. He's just faster than like anyone right. else. So. <laughs> and if they don't co- they don't go with him, throw it to him. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I think it really depends if they're going to use him correctly. I think it's kind of like Gibbs. I don't feel like they really used him great last year, but that also might have been because he was injured, and I don't know if he really knew what the hell he was doing either. So, Well, he was busy betting, <laughs> placing yeah, his apparently. bets. So. Maybe that was his problem. So, <laughs> I asked he. I hope he uh, just comes out and plays hard. <laughs> I'm going to be a little annoyed if he's looking a little lazy or do it or gets like dumb penalties or some shit. Like, cause he gets, cause he he's, gets a little hothead time. He punched the rookie in practice. Didn't he? Wasn't there that guy with <laughs> So yeah. just, I just want to see him kind of be like towing the line and playing his ass off. If he doesn't get a ton of stats, that won't really surprise me, honestly. Right. Because yeah. it's his first week back. Has he even been practicing with the team? I don't think he's been allowed no. to, right? So this yeah. would be like his first week of practice since training camp, basically. So I think it's kind of a lot to expect him to go out and have like 100 yards and two touchdowns or anything. But yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be telling if he comes out and he does um, like he's putting up numbers and he's getting some playing time. It's going to be clear that like he is like a tough player. He fits it because I think at this point, like they don't even play Marvin Jones anymore. If you if you noticed. Because he's just not he's that good. Not that good That's anymore. true. I just I just realized that. But honestly, he I sucked. Like him I'm glad they person. don't. Yeah. yeah, he's not that good. No, I like him. I'm sure he's a good presence in the locker room and all that. But no, I think if if he's not, if he's not about about it right off the bat, they're not going to play him, which is fine. That's how it should be, right? It'll be, it'll be exciting. You, it will be exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him play and seeing what he does. Anything else you guys want to touch on before we move on to Michigan football about the Detroit Lions? Um, Brian Branch is healthy. That's it. That's big, <laughs> big good news. Brian Branch once again looked like a stud, and I was actually kind of annoyed when they put him back in the game because they were up by like enough there. I'm like, why is he? Because he then he got like mildly injured again, was lifting off. I'm like, just fucking take him out. Just keep. Him yeah, when he got hurt game. the second time, you're thinking, shit. They they dodged a bullet once. Yeah. Yes. I know. Yes. So anyway, but yeah, he's a stud. It would be a pretty big loss if he was out. So. It, it would be. All right, moving on to Michigan. Guess what? They blew out another team. <laughs> I mean, they look damn good. It's hard to argue. JJ was crisp this time, so and he ran for a touchdown. I didn't see the whole game. I saw bits and pieces because I was working and getting ready. So uh, I saw a few good drives. You guys could tell me a little bit more about it. But um, Brett, why don't you go the first this time? What did you think about Michigan fucking demolishing Nebraska? <laughs> So I kind of like went in the game and I, I was lackadaisically kind of watching at first just because like the Lions, it was just kind of still riding the hype, hype train from the Lions, still watching like highlights and people talking about the Lions. Kind of turned it on, was like half-ass watching it, but found myself being engrossed by it because, yeah, I thought McCarthy, um, like it's must, it, they're kind of, when he's 
I'm like that. They're kind of must-watch football on offense. Um, like, Corum looks like a beast again. They, the running game looked like it's better than it's been all year again. Um, yeah, man. He's I, 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 talk, I said this in the chat, but I, if, I think if he played for, like, a USC or any of those Pac-10 schools that don't play any defense, I, I think McCarthy's a legit top three Heisman candidate right now. Even with a three interception game, um, you kind of heard some of it, and like so, the the, the broadcast during the game was was uh, the normal Fox guys, and they usually kind of um, maybe slob over Michigan a little bit, but they just kept talking about over and over again how the interior pass rush looks very much like an NFL laden interior pass rush. How, how JJ's making these NFL re- level reads over the middle. Um, I mean, that's cool to see, and I, I just I think Nebraska is not very good, obviously. But to shut them out, to to actually be able to run on them that no other team's really been able to do, um, you just kind of push them around all game. It was it was fun. Like I like I said, it was kind of must watch at some point. Roman Wilson's a stud too. I don't know where that came from, but dude needs to keep getting the ball. He's got like eight touchdowns now, and he's fast. So that one yeah. catch was amazing. Yep, I thought McGregor finally he finally got his first sack. He had a really good game again. Um, that's cool. So he was dominant too, like in that sack. He just blew the dude back. So that's exciting. Yeah. What did you think, Dad? Um, pretty much the same things, but I was also happy to see that they played the backup quarterback after they let McCarthy play about half of the third quarter and they finished it out with the backups because to, to date they haven't let the backups play much of anything. And if he goes down, it's it's going to be ugly for Michigan. But the backups weren't terrible. Tuttle was average. But the guy who played after Tuttle, guy was like 6'5", 6'4", 6'5", big guy. And he ran one in. Or I don't know if he ran one in for the touchdown, but he had a really good run. I can't remember the cut. It wasn't Warren. It's Denegal. Jaden Denegal. The guy looks like a beast. Yeah, he's huge. He's good, good athlete. So I'm glad they gave the backups some touches. They looked pretty good. Um, I mean, honestly, they were they were moving the ball on Nebraska's number one D with their third string offensive players. <clears throat> I mean, it, it wasn't a game at all. So it, it was good to see. Um, their defensive line is just it's probably the best in the country, I think, at this point. O line was was good too, but the defensive line just has so many bodies that they can keep throwing at people, rotating them in. Yeah. They're just going to wear people down. I thought it was very nice when. Um... The quarterback made a touchdown, and he he you could hear his mic. He said, "Thanks, guys." Yeah, I heard yeah, that. That was cool. Yeah, fuck yeah. classic. Yeah, that's when he ran yeah. in. Yeah. That's when he yep. GG had that run in. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Michigan. I don't really have any negative to say. They they uh, they dominated every aspect. I think the cool thing to see was they came out and actually like looked like on fire from the start. It wasn't like the pretty much every other game this season and last year where they'd start out super slow and then just blow everybody away in the second half. They just came out putting their pedal to the metal. I and mean, I feel like against actual good teams, you're going to need to do that and not, I'm not sure Michigan's super really well built from, to come from behind. They're more to built to get a lead and kind of sustain it. But yeah, I mean, I, I have no complaints. It's just, I'm getting, and I talked to you guys about this in the, the, uh, the text chat a little bit. I don't really know. I feel like they probably are the best team in the country, but I also am just kind of like, it's hard for me to tell because I feel like they're, they've played a bunch of like C tier teams so far. Yeah. And, and Brett, I, 
it was must watch TV for like the first half. And then I'm like, all right, I'm kind of bored with this game now because there's zero drama. Like, of yeah. course, Michigan's <laughs> going to go out and score another touchdown. And it's just to me, it's like I used I get so excited to watch the Lions this year because because, you know, they have the chance to lose every game or win every game because they're that good. But you, you never really know because the competition's good. I just have yet to find a game this year in Michigan where I'm just like fired up to watch them play because I'm like, yeah, they're going to go out and blow them away, <laughs> you know? Part of that's part of by design of college versus the NFL, though. I'm part of it's by design. It is. And I agree they did this on purpose. And I understand the, the point of it. But also, like, how cool would it have been to watch Michigan play Notre Dame like the, again this year, like Ohio State did? Like, I just, even if they had only won like Ohio State, did I still. Like, that's a fun game to watch. I would have loved to have seen them play just some real competition at this point. A lot of that's not their fault. The Big Ten is just shit this year because we're in the Big Ten schedule and still two games in, you know, they've played no one. So not much difference. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. It is not. And, you know, that'll Literally get better not. next year. But yeah. And Michigan State's just terrible this year. So I'm not even like I- I'm always going to be excited to watch that game. But I-, I expect the same result, like a 42 to three just drubbing because, um, so we'll see. I, it is a little bit hard for me to tell how good they actually are, but they look the part. So, and no one else really in the country looks that dominant. I mean, USC's got a great offense, but their defense is shit. Their defense is booty. Yeah, yeah. no, it's Georgia's bad. kind of like rough. Uh, yeah. Not rough. They're just not blowing everybody away like they usually do. So, I I watched the second half of the Georgia game. Actually, Amanda wanted to watch it because we wanted to see. We heard they were losing. Um, nice. dude, they got, they got pushed around by fucking Auburn and I know it's, yeah. it's just one game. I get it. They still have the recruits and they got all that shit. I get it. I just like, I, I couldn't help but feel good about watching that game. Cause like, they're just, they don't have the talent up front they have had. Um, I'm not even sure that they're the best, like, comp, like, I don't know if Michigan's the best team in the country, but I don't know that it's Georgie either. I really don't think it is. I don't know who it is. Um, so maybe we could like... Could we do like a like how we do with the Lions and maybe go through the top teams and see if we think they're better or something? Like yeah, that? I mean, we, let me pull up the top ten right now. We can go through. Yeah, go ahead. I, I'm I'm worried about the Penn State game at Penn State. I mentioned this to Brett. I'm worried way more about that than I am actually am about the Ohio State game. Yeah, Penn State played Northwestern. Northwestern is not the Northwestern of old. I'll give you that. But they 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 dominated them, and I just think at Penn State that's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough game. It is. Dad, I brought it up to you. The one thing I'll say, so I guess Penn State's defensive front is all pretty small up front. Like, they're all pretty undersized. That's, like, the only knock on their defense is they're a little undersized. So I think that does play a little bit in the Michigan tank because their offensive line's big and dominant. But, yes, it's still – it's they're going to be – it's going to be a close game. It's going to be two offenses trying to do the same thing to each other. You know, it's running it down each other's throat, doing play action over the middle kind of shit. Um, it's scary. Yeah, that one's a little scary. I think physically they're going to dominate Ohio State. They're yeah, gonna, my just, whole thing with that is I really don't think Kirk Franklin's a good coach. And the past, like, two or three years, Michigan, the, the narrative with Penn State hasn't been quite this strong. But it's it's also been, like, last year it was, oh, Penn State has these two freshman running backs who are really good. They can run on anybody. They're, they control the line of scrimmage. And then Michigan came out and just dominated them, you know? I think James Franklin is is a decent coach. I think he's he's not too he's bad. Good. I don't think he's the best. I think he's overrated, but I think Harbaugh can easily outplay James Franklin. That's that like I that's my thing. But they're really it's it's going to be a good game, and it's it's scary that it's at Pencil at Penn State too. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah. All right, here is the top. I agree with everything you guys are saying, but I think Penn State's going to be tougher than Ohio State. 
the top 10 right now is Georgia, number one, which I think mostly just because they, they the past. I honestly think Michigan matches up pretty well with Georgia this year, although they've never played. Texas is number three. I don't think Texas has really played anybody either. They beat Alabama, but I think Alabama kind of sucks. But they have played better opponents than Michigan, and they're undefeated. Ohio State's four. I think that's way high. I don't think Ohio State's very good. They just also not played, you know. There's no one else that's based on last year. Florida State. I don't know much about Florida State. They're undefeated, though. They're number uh, five right now. They're 4-0. They're undefeated, but they've they've won a, like a bunch of really close games. Like they barely beat Clemson. They barely beat um, a couple. Boston College. They got actually they got out yards by Boston College. So BC's not bad though. Traditionally, they're not good. Not yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean Oregon is eight. Washington, a lot of Pac-10 teams. Um, I think they're all pretty good. I think they got good offenses, but none of them really have good defenses. USC. Notre Dame's number 10, and they just lost at home to Ohio State, who I don't think is very good. So, yeah. Yeah. And then after that, I think it's a bunch of average teams. So, I honestly think Michigan has a chance to be number one. I don't, at this point, it's hard to like, no one else has really looked as dominant as they have. I mean, they haven't played anybody. You could argue that Texas and even Ohio State has played better opponents at this point, but, you know, they look pretty average against those teams. So, you know who looks dominant? Elma College. Yeah. Did you see the score? The they like, they're winning like 70 to nothing. It was 70 like to 70 30. like, yeah, it was ridiculous. They're, yeah, they're, they're like killing people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's just an aside. I think, um, I, I don't know, what, what's Washington ranked? Because they are they have a they have a pretty good offense, actually. They're kind of scary. I don't know. Is that like, Penix? Yeah, he's a good quarterback. They're seventh. Did, or, did Oregon win? I'm sure they won last week, but did they look good last on Saturday? I, uh, I didn't see the game. They beat. I mean, they they blew out Colorado. Yeah, yeah. actually, Colorado played USC really well. They had to come back, but uh, they lost. But they came. They only lost by like three, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Touchdown, maybe. Yeah. They, yeah. they tried an outside kick, yeah. and they just missed it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, they came. They came back from quite a few down. Like you, Brett said, USC the D has no defense. They're all offense. Um, but yeah, Oregon. They they beat the crap out of. Colorado, so I don't know. They might be good. They might be really good. <clears throat> so we'll see. I uh, who does Michigan play next week? Do you guys know? Ohio State plays Maryland, right? And Maryland's four yeah. zero. Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. That was a little brown jug. It's oldest trophy in college football. I'm going to look at Michigan's schedule real quick. Like, when do we uh, when do we play Penn State? Not to the end of the year. All right. So we have Minnesota, Indiana, and then finally we play Michigan State on October 21st. Again, not that that's a challenge, but it's like it's a rivalry game. Don't you think Michigan State should go out and get P.J. Fleck from Minnesota? Mm. Yeah. Is he going to want to go to Michigan State? Like at this point, I feel like Minnesota is probably a better program. (laughs) But he's got ties in the state of Michigan from his days at Western. I guess so. I don't know where he's from originally, but. He he might that. Challenge might be something he'd rise to. Minnesota isn't that great either. Like I don't feel like PJ Flex done much. He's had he had that great year at Western, and that was about it. (laughs) You know? Yeah. They're okay. I mean, they're better than before. He's made the program better. Yeah. They never really took off like I thought they were gonna with him. Yeah. So Michigan State's last three games are against Penn State, Maryland, who's currently undefeated, and then Ohio State. So I do feel like their last three games of the year uh, are gonna be tough for sure. What's the game before that? The Michigan game? Oh, yeah. Michigan. No, they play Michigan State, Purdue, 
So that should be a, a blowout. And then Penn State, Orlando, Michigan, yeah, to end the year. I feel like it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of lopsided scores until we get to Penn State here. I don't think Penn State's really played anybody either, though, have they? Uh, didn't they win? Well, they played Iowa. That's not very good, though. No, Iowa's pretty bad this year. No, they haven't played anybody. Iowa, Iowa. Illinois, Delaware, and and uh, West Virginia. <laughs> so You see the Iowa game against Michigan State? Their whole offense was Eric Hall. I know, yeah. The Michigan tight end. McNamara got hurt. I don't know if you saw that. He's out yeah. there. Yeah, he was on the side toe cheering on his teammates. Good oh, good. Yeah. Real Boy Scout, that one. He really is. Yeah, for sure. So, we'll see. We'll see. Michigan looks good. Hopefully they keep it going. They should be undefeated for sure. Uh, I mean, I had a kind of – yeah, I, I think they are very much like a championship or bust this year, regardless of if we think they are. I think everything they're doing is like showing that. I think the whole, you know, they, they, it seems like they kind of get to the same score every game and they just kind of maybe go into safe mode and cruise mode kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, and I don't know necessarily that Harbaugh's going to maybe come back next year or what that's going to look like. So I think at this point they kind of, especially with their schedule and the way it's playing out, they have to. Championship or bus, so so strap in. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Mickey had his last game. Cook, you owe me What's twenty that? bucks. Mickey had his last game. Mickey had he his did. last game. Yeah. Torkelson hit thirty home runs. Yes. Did he get hundred RBIs? We could touch on the Tigers a little bit. Like uh, the, the season's pretty much over. How do you have you guys watched anything recently? I've been so involved with football, I haven't really honestly paid any attention to the Tigers, but. They're like close to 500, aren't they? Kind yeah. of what they've been yeah. all year. Second place, Second. right? Yeah. Maybe 10 games beneath 500, eight to 10 games beneath 500. Okay. Yeah. Something How like do we that. feel about, oh, so I do want to ask, they hired a, a GM, which is kind of odd to do at this time after the yeah. trade deadline in the middle of the fucking season, but whatever. They hired a GM. What do you guys think about this guy they hired from, who I guess was with the Blackhawks last year? Yeah. It's just makes, some of this what? makes no sense. To he me. was with a hockey team? Well, yes! Maybe, yeah, he was really with, maybe he's not like a day-to-day operations kind of guy. Maybe he's like big picture, money moves. He's that the kind general of manager. Like, just, I feel like. Logistics, Craig. <laughs> So he did. He did also come from a baseball organization before the last two years. He was with the Blackhawks, but I just again, it's kind of like a head scratcher move for me. Like, ah, like why now? Why not just wait till the end of the season and maybe get someone who's like in an organization ready to part ways with them? Why go from the hockey play? Like, there's they don't need a GM right now. We're not making any moves. Nothing is literally going to happen in the last two weeks of the season. I just, I'm a little confused. I feel like the Tigers are trying to be a little bit like smartest guy in the room, a little bit like, uh, like the Lions, but the Lions have just done it really well. <laughs> and the Tigers just kind of like, huh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> do you think any of the, like the urgency with that has to do with like the, the baffle at the trade deadline and how we kind of, uh, what, what's the guy's name? Can't remember the manager's name. Uh, Scott guy's Harris. Been- Kind of botched it, and then if I don't know if you saw, but uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is not opting in; he's opting out, which is fun. Yeah, that's. If you did all that for him, he decided to fucking opt out. Yeah, I told you, like I fucking knew that was gonna happen. (laughs) He's no reason to opt in. (laughs) Yeah, but do you think maybe like the bad PR kind of cycled, and they were like, maybe we need to get a guy who's practiced and is a body. I feel like if that was it, wouldn't they have done it sooner? Like it's been like a month after the trade deadline at this point. 
I don't know. Maybe. I feel like, yes, that was part of it. I feel like they needed a GM for sure. This is just like such a, another dumb time to hire one. I feel like we kind of took the only thing we could find instead of actually getting maybe someone who would like contribute. I don't expect much out of this guy. I don't know. I kind of looked up his stuff and he's kind of just been like part of some okay organizations and not really known for doing anything. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anything about him. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I've got nothing to contribute on that. It yeah, is a yeah. weird time to pick up somebody um, and take someone who has got a hockey background. <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> maybe they want to install that toughness. I don't know, gonna slap shot the guy or something. I don't know. Just yeah, just toughness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Did you say they, they hired Miggy as like a assistant to Consult. the uh, yeah manager or some shit? I don't know what the fuck he is, but some role. Kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. He's probably got something to contribute. I mean, he's one of the greatest hitters of all time. Yeah. So. I feel like he does not like let like the teaching aspect. I don't expect him to do much personally. I think it's more of a PR <laughs> stunt move than anything. Maggie's a nice guy, but he's never been one to like, you know, I think this year was his most just kind of like pro team and not let pro Miggy season. Cause he realized he was just trash and this was his last season. So he was going to kind of just have fun with it, but I don't know. Maybe yeah. he'll do something. He's never really shown up for the team before, though. He, like, disappears in the offseason. Again, I don't blame him. He's not from America. He's from what, Venezuela, right? So he goes home all the time. He yeah. And then he just shows up out of shape and does his thing, you know? <laughs> so. But, hey, good PR move. How do you feel about them going forward next year, though? I, I Not re-signing or not having Eduardo opt in is not shocking. So I knew that was going to happen. No, I think they need to get aggressive next year. They need to, They need to plan on going, like, trying to make moves next year. They need to come out strong. They can't come out first month of the season and be dog shit again. Um, but if I, I think if they don't, I think they should be marketably better next year. I think you got to add one or two big bats. Um, but there's a lot of free agents available this offseason too. So, like, really good power hit free agents available. Um, yeah. I'd like to see him add him. I think you got to add another veteran presence in the starting rotation. To replace Eduardo. There's a lot of good young talent. Schoolboy's on the cusp of, of being really good. Reese, Reese what's his name? Is, is pretty damn good. A lot of good young pitchers, but I think they need some veteran presence. And Rodriguez would have been a good, if he'd stayed, would have been a good con- contributor. But um, they need to, I think, replace that. And hitting, yeah, they could use another couple bats for sure. Yeah. Young, the young bats look potential, like they could be really good. But they they do. It's it's I'm still worried about the the hobby bias thing. I read an article about him and I really felt kind of bad for the guy. He like opened up and was just talking about how much he's struggled. He's he's tried I guess he really has tried a bunch of different shit this year and literally nothing is like sticking at all. That's kinda of sad. I it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. If he it'd be really cool if he kinda of bounced back a little bit for him, maybe if nothing else. Um but he's yeah. gonna block. He's going to block some kid getting well, in. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's kind of always been his MO, though. This is kind of who Javi Baez has always been. I just don't think they should have given him as much money. What's that? He's particularly bad, He's particularly bad these past two years he has. He is because he, he has, has no one else around him. He's always been on good teams that could kind of hit with him, and he never had to be the guy. And this year, you know, the Tigers signed him to be the guy, and he's just not that guy. He's, he's not that guy. That's okay, and I do feel a little bit bad for him, although he took the money. Like, the guy could have gone to a better situation, but he literally signed with the Tigers because they just paid him the most money, So, which I don't blame him for. It's not his fault. 
but like that comes with some expectations and you haven't lived up to them. Yeah. He could have, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. I think it's a disaster of a contract. Of course he's, so that's the other thing is he, he's, can he opt in or opt out this year? After this year? Yeah. I don't know what his decision is. Right. Is, so, isn't it? I think I so. Think it's his like decision. Yeah. I'm sure financially there's absolutely no reason for him to opt out at this point. But if he opts in, I'm going to feel even less bad for him because then, again, he's just doing it for – like he could opt out and sign a better team-friendly contract than if he feels so bad. So, <laughs> you know, and then we wouldn't have as much pressure on him. If the dude plays for like $12 million a year, uh, whatever. If he's not the greatest guy, it's no big deal. But if he's going to go out there and get paid $30 million or whatever the fuck he is, yeah, you better play yeah. like a $30 million player. So – you, you at least not can can't be like a, a barren on that. Like he's just so bad out there. He's a he liability. Is. He's a liability at the plate. Like he's okay defensively. Sometimes he does some boneheaded things there. Sometimes he makes some great plays. But yeah, he's a liability at the plate. Honestly, if they had the opposite of a DH, whatever it is, like they just feel that would be what he should he should play. <laughs> Otherwise, he's gonna be batting ninth every day because he's just horrible. Yeah, that was yeah. A, that was a bad signing. Good news, they still play in the Central Division, so that's a plus. Like, you know, if they do a couple things that Brett suggests to pick up a couple of bats and maybe another veteran presence and, as a pitcher, they could contend. I mean, they're, they're sec- I know their second place isn't much of a consolation in the Central because you're still 10 games beneath 500 or whatever it is. But it just shows, I mean, the Central is so bad. I really think they had a couple good pieces I think they can – compete in the central i agree with both of you i think they need to go out and get some guys especially some veteran guys here's the thing though i don't think they are i think they're going to do this thing where they build through the draft and build their farm system i honestly don't see them spending any money because they haven't and the one time but maybe i'm wrong it's a different regime but i feel like i just feel like their mo right now is young guys bring up our own this is our team we're going to grow through the kind of like the wings and stuff but that's fair. I also, but but the wings also just picked up to bring it because I feel like they felt like they're kind of ready for it. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like the Tigers maybe don't feel like they're ready for it. But then again, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think God. maybe the Tigers feel like I don't feel like personally that they're quite ready to be like playoff contenders next year. Maybe. Yeah, no, I mean to be fair, I don't. What Illich and it, it hasn't really ever shown a penchant for making big big deals, and when they do, it's it was Baez, and that wasn't really great. So. Yeah, I mean, it's fair. I, it, until he shows it, I'm not going to really believe he's going to dole out all the cash to get some big agent. But um, like I said, I think it's as much that as it is just they're not quite ready for it. What's the point of signing a guy to a long-term contract like that if he's just if you're not ready to compete, you know, if you're not ready for him to take you to the next level? So. They've got a lot of good young bats for at least a couple years away. Yeah. You know, the guy, All the guys they drafted this year – yeah, do you think like Colt Keith and those guys come up next year? I think Keith think maybe gets a up? shot at it next year, but he's probably the only one. Yeah. Or Malloy. Brett, there's a couple of Toledo, right, who potentially get – they brought up Meadows. Meadows hasn't looked too bad. They get Colt Keith and maybe Malloy, Justin Malloy, whatever his name was, might give him a shot. But um, other than that, I think the, they're really prime hitters or a couple years away at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with the season being over, is this kind of what you saw the Tigers this year? Were you expecting more, or was this pretty much like, yeah, it's kind of what we thought was going to happen? I think with Torque and everything that happened, with him hitting 30 home runs, that, that was like one of my big milestones I wanted to see this year. I, I think record-wise, this is kind of what I wanted them to be last year. But how being how bad they were last year, I think this is an all right like next step. 
it's an okay next step. Not like wildly excited, but it looks like things might be moving in the right direction. Riley Green being out so long this year really hurt, I think. You know, he was one of the guys they depended on. He's one of their up-and-coming guys. Um, they really missed him when he was out for a long time. Um, they did have a couple of surprises. Kerry Carpenter was a nice surprise. Um, but, Reese Olsen. Yeah, and old Reese Olsen, yeah. A couple of the other they, – they seem to be able to develop at will relief pitchers out of, out of nothing. They take guys, reclamation projects, and turn them into halfway good contributors. And I, I think that's, that's Fetter, the pitching coach who does that. Yeah, I hope um, they can keep him. That oh, was yeah, a, I, at all costs, that. they have to keep him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I don't know. I expected a little bit more this year, I think. Um, but you know, they, they had a couple injuries. And of course, Rodriguez was out for a while as well. Um, and then Scooble was out for a while. We came back. He's pitched well since he's come back. I thought I would get more out of some of the other starters, and we didn't. So, yeah. I don't know. This is kind of what I expected. I was hoping they'd be a little bit better. I just don't think they have a ton of talent. I think there's a lot of promise for next year if everybody can stay healthy. They seem to have a lot of injury issues. I don't know if it's just bad luck or if that's something like with the Tigers training staff. I guess every team has a lot of injuries, but they just – I like everybody was out for a decent amount of time at some point, except for like Torkelson. He was pretty healthy all year, right? Yeah. And yeah. that was a pleasant surprise. I will say Tork really turned it around. Yeah. I was kind of ready to give up on him. And, uh, yeah, he looks like a pretty solid player. I don't think he's ever going to be like the best hitter in the league, but – 30 home runs and 100 RBIs every year is pretty fucking good, so I'll take that. How about guys that they've held on to too long who they probably should cut loose? Do you th- I, th- I see. I think they have a couple of those. Like, to me, Akil Badu, I like him. I like the way he plays. He's a real hustle, but he's just not He's not contributing. Yeah, I think they've kept him, though, because they have no one else. Like, I agree that yeah. he shouldn't be starting for them. He should be like a bench player, like a utility guy or, yeah. or in, in Toledo. It's like, who else you could have played? They just don't have that yeah. much talent. Yeah, right. ideally, he's not out there playing every day, kind of like Javi Baez, but he's your only option, you know? But they have a, I feel like they have a couple of players like that. that they're just, yeah. you're right, they're, they're probably playing because they have nobody else. So in light of that, why the hell didn't they bring up some of the young guys at the end of the season, just let them get a touch, a taste of Major League Baseball? Yeah. Maybe they don't want to ruin them. I don't know. Like really, just crush just, their spirits. Just let them, just let them kill play it one or two games. Just yeah. you know, energize the fan base a little bit. Yeah, I don't I know. know. Oh, the Tigers are kind of an enigma to me. I'm not really sure. A lot of their moves and decisions just seem kind of to be like uh, out in left field. I mean, other teams do that, but when they work, you think they're geniuses. So I guess maybe that's what the Tigers are trying for. But I feel like with all the other three teams we have, you can kind of see where they're going. They had what their what their goal is, what their end game is. The Tigers just kind of shoot in the dark, and they're all over the map. So I I don't know. Yeah, I mean his yeah. his whole thing is he wants to control the strike zone, is what he said when he came. Harris, yeah, he wants to get guys who can, who can hit well, who don't strike out, and pitchers who can get a lot of strikeouts is his whole thing. So, or, or, I don't think that's necessarily. I think it depends on the player though. Like I think Javi this year was probably trying too hard. He should be a guy honestly who goes out there and hits like. 30 home runs but bats like 205 like and like just tell them all you swing at is something that's straight down the middle everything else either walk or strike out i don't care but he's out here swinging at these pitches that are 20 feet outside the strike zone because that's just not who he is he's not a contact hitter he has just power so i feel like that's the approach they should have taken with him like if it isn't straight down the middle just don't swing if you strike out 
oh well like it's better than you hitting into a bunch of double plays and, and looking like an idiot up there you know <laughs> so but i feel like yeah otherwise they did do better with that i just i just feel like they don't have a ton of talent for that yet although i feel like it is kind of odd because i feel like a lot of the, this the mlb is more power hitting like strikeouts aren't as big of a deal if you're going to go out and hit a home run more often so putting the lines aside of the other three professional sports teams we have, who do you have the most optimism about? I think the Wings. Wings I think I have the most Pistons? Optimism. Yeah, the Pistons to me are kind of like the Tigers. I'm not really sure what their direction is. I don't think uh, they have this like always sign as big guys things. And I feel like it's also the sport it's easiest to make the most impact because it's only five guys and one guy can like take it to the playoffs on his own. So yeah, I'm not really sure what they're doing. I have... I have like optimism next year because of their all their young core, but they had them all last year and they didn't really do anything. So they will be better. Yeah. Key will be back. Yeah. So that'll help. But um, I mean, they need to win like 30 more games to make the playoffs. So we'll see. But yeah, the, I feel like the wings have done very slowly, <laughs> much more slowly than I wanted, but are finally like creeping up there. They were competitive and they added to Brinkett. Their draft was okay. And I think they've got some young guys. So yeah, I think I have the most optimism about the wings next year. Yeah, yeah I same think way. I'd have to agree. It's like when they, they the wings aren't salvaging or mortgaging their future to get pieces that can contribute immediately. It's like other than Debrinket, you know, they really didn't throw a whole lot of money at people just to get them just to come just say that they're trying to get a better team. So yeah, I, I think Eiserman, I trust Eiserman. I think he's made some wise choices. Somewhat mm-hmm. conservative, but still positive so yeah i would say the wings would be i think eiserman has a lot to do with it for me i'm a little frustrated with how long he's taken but he's done it before i have the most faith in him i don't know what the fuck scott harris is doing and so far the pistons experiment with um i forget the guy's gm's name now but it hasn't really weaver. yep weaver has attributed yeah. to anything so well they got a new coach i think you gotta let that one play out a little bit yeah that's true i'm excited to see what the impact that has yeah i think i'd yeah yeah, I'm the same way. I don't know what the Pistons are doing, but I, I think it, I think within a couple first weeks of the season, though, I mean, I mean, maybe that's subject to change. If the Pistons come out and Cade looks like a stud and, you know, I think it could turn out because, like you said, it's five guys as opposed to three lines of, of good, good, good play in hockey. You know, it's a different sport, too. It's just. Yeah, I think I if Cade comes out and dominates and Duran and uh, Ivy are good compliments. And then uh, Asur Thompson, that guy they drafted, is is another. I yeah, I mean, I think they could be good. I just kind of not really sure. It's hard to kind of project a little bit because Cade's never really played a whole season. All right, Dad, you picked the athlete for twenty questions this week. I know it was right. a good one. It's You're not. You're gonna need all twenty of them. We're gonna need most likely, most likely. All right. All right. Are you ready? You got everything pulled up. You got your. Uh, you keeping track I, of the questions? I got as much as I know about this person. Okay. Right here. Okay. All right. Brett, you want to go first? You want opening question? You got one? Yes, I do, Craig. Is he white? Just ask it. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait till I get the other way. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. It's a okay. white. Okay. Yes. He's white. Okay. That's a yep. yes. Yeah. Um, is he an active player? No. Okay. Inactive. It's inactive. He's just injured, really. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a professional player? Was he, or is he, or was he, he, or is he? Or was he? I guess it's the reason. Professional, yes. Okay. Well, okay. 
you guys want to narrow down the sport maybe i feel like it's i don't know i feel yeah. like it's baseball for some reason it was he a baseball player no not baseball. um it's probably a stupid question is it, does it, team sport did he play team sport as opposed to an individual sport team sport yes okay okay so not boxing not boxing not tennis uh, it's really the only individual sport. Does the sport involve a ball? What's that, Karen? Does the sport involve a ball? It involves a ball, yes. So not hockey. Unless you're playing yeah, street it, hockey. It's not baseball. So it's either football or basketball, right? It's got to be. Yeah. Handball. Or soccer. What, or soccer. Well, you, you can't give me – it has to be one or the other. You have to guess one that you can't guess either one of no, 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 we're, we're just talking. Oh, I see, I see. Brainstorming. We will Got specifically it. add. All right. Um, All right. What, was he a uh, was he a basketball player? Yes. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Professional white basketball player who's retired. That's what we know. Uh, so Larry Bird? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like we should get this. <laughs> yeah, I, All right. yeah, it really narrows it down. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to do hockey. I'm like, but no. Nope, you picked the one sport. <laughs> Is it my turn? Sure, go for it. Um, did he play for one of our local teams? Yes. The white team? So the so the Pistons? Oh. It's gotta be the Pistons though, right? You would assume. It's gotta be Jarebko, right? Or who's the other white guy they drafted? Darko? Darko Milicic? Oh, not who the fuck is Jarebko. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who the okay. fuck Jarebko is. Um, I hope so because I feel like that's the only white piston I can remember in a long time. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, did he win a championship with this team or an yes. NBA title? Okay. And, and quit googling white pistons. <laughs> I'm not. I think we should get rid of Google. Honestly, make this a little more challenging. Brett's over here googling white pistons. Yeah. Well, he won a championship. You said he did. Yeah. Yes. No. So. Who was on the? It was probably in the '90s then, right? I don't think they had any white players in the 2014 championship. <laughs> who was on the team in the '89 '90s Pistons? Oh, who was the big guy? Uh, what's the big? Lynn, he was Lynn the Beer? coach, Bill Ambeer. Yeah, yeah, Ambeer. Yeah. Is that your guess? Well, no, no way. Let me it sounds like it is. <laughs> <laughs> just that's your guess. That uh, no, no, we're just yeah. talking. Uh, like, what was Bill's number? He was a center, right? Number see. forty. Apparently, was did he wear number forty? Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know. You want me to look it up? Yeah, well, yeah, because that's a question. It was probably Bill Ambeer. That's the only white guy I can think of who played for. I would assume he's the from... Pistons and won a championship. Bill Ambeer's number. Uh, he's from Boston too. That should that should help. Yeah, Dad probably know that. <laughs> he coached the Detroit, not the Shock. Was the Shock? Was Detroit's WNBA team? It was the shock. I think they changed names, but but he wanted he wanted championship. What number did you ask if he was? Forty. Hold on. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> it's got to be him. Is this Bill Ambeer? Is this your guess? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Bill Ambeer. Didn't even have to Google anybody. He remains the franchise's all-time leader in career re- rebounds. Yeah, all-time leader in white person points. <laughs> he he was the most unathletic player you've ever seen playing the NBA, but he was successful, and everyone hated him except the Piston fans. 
Yeah, he was a good coach too. He won. He do. He won a championship. He was the coach of the Shock or whatever the Detroit. Actually, it was right around the same time the 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 Pistons won their championship too. I think it was like two thousand three or something. But yeah, so I didn't make that. I almost switched midstream to someone like Kelly Trapuca. What the fuck is Kelly Trapuca? <laughs> you guys said exactly. Google Kelly Trapuca. It, it was a Drebko. <laughs> was, it wasn't I want to know who Drebko is. Real guy. Look it up, Craig. Jonas Drebko. <laughs> Yeah, worst piston draft choice ever. Darko Milicic, yeah. Well, also because of the, who else was hit they could have had. Yeah. Yes, pretty much. Carmelo, that was a great. Right? That was a Carmelo great Anthony. NBA draft. Or yeah. Dwayne Wade, or like ten other guys who were really good in that draft. They, they took passed. the Serbian guy. Yep. I think he was Serbian. Yep, that was the LeBron James draft. They could have had anybody but LeBron James, and they went with Darko <laughs> Milicic. That'd be a good one. Worst worst draft choices of our our teams. Oh yeah, the Lions. There's have so many of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The wide receivers, the Lions took for five or six years in a row. That Craig was very much into. Yeah, do you remember that when they went like three three or four years they took wide receivers? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was back before wide receivers were like the dominant force they are now. Like you can kind of see a wide <laughs> maybe receiver, they were but... trendsetters. Yeah, 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 it worked out real well for them. <laughs> Next week we're going. We'll 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 give our first hand take from the Carolina Panthers game. That should be fun. Yes. I really expect the Lions to win. I'm going to be a little disappointed if they don't. The Panthers aren't good. All right, guys. All right. Well, thanks for joining, and uh, yeah, looking forward to next week. It'll be fun. The AL Comedy Central. Yay. The fuck is Kelly Trapuca? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>